episode of Rambling Philosophers. And, and this time we've actually got some notes in front of us. Yeah, I've got three you have stars three of pages of notes. I have yes. one page. For the first two podcasts, I had basically nothing, <laughs> so I just didn't really know what to say a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about the education system, which is your idea. Actually. Yeah, it was my idea. Yeah, so would you like to uh, introduce it? Introduce it? Introduce it. <laughs> would you like... I've said introduce... I can't stop saying introduce. introduce. <laughs> Can we start this again? <laughs> I like it. Fine, so you just as, edit that bit as out. soon as I said that we're going to start the podcast, my words just. It's fine. Up. I think people will probably enjoy it more if we make mistakes because it sounds more yeah. human rather than robotic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So today we're talking about the education system. Yes, we are. And that was uh, your idea. You kind of messaged me and like. Yeah, I was thinking talk- of something that's. A problem in this country currently that could be fixed, and something yeah. that we all experience. Obviously, everyone goes to school or has yeah. some sort of education, like homeschooling. And I've noticed changes recently in the education system, especially with examinations. And there's been recent changes to GCSEs where the yeah. grading system used to be A star to C, but now it's nine to one. Well, not A star to C, A star to G, more like. I mean, nine to one. Um, now you basically get a number. Yeah. Of I don't understand why they changed it to nine to one. But I read it's, somewhere that universities like Cambridge and Oxford, uh, before would look at let's say someone's GCSEs and A level results, or let's say someone gets eleven A stars and two A stars and two A's A level, but then we won't be able to tell what percentages they got in their GCSEs. So yeah. Someone could have got ninety one percent in all their GCSEs, while someone else could have gotten a hundred percent in all their exams okay. and still got an A star because obviously an A star yeah. would just be the highest mark. But now. There's the 9 and the 8. So the 9 is the A star star. And then the 8 is just the A star. So yeah. they want a way to distinguish the people who are like really smart. Who are like, instead of the people who are really, really smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit weird. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Because like exams don't really test people's intelligence. But uh, we yeah. were also talking about this quite a bit on the first episode. Yeah, that's podcast, what gave me the idea, it? actually. Because I noticed yeah. in the first and second podcast, we did bring in the education system. And we did talk about how we should be more awareness for mental health and stuff yeah any education system and i think we briefly mentioned it at some point in the second podcast so i thought instead of just touching on it in each podcast we may as well do a podcast <laughs> on a it podcast and then just it. leave it there rather yeah. than keep touching on it to the point I, where i feel like with that repetitive. logic we should probably do one on politics as well <laughs> yeah, we probably should. <laughs> but I'd oh, I feel biased. like i just uh gather a hate crowd around <laughs> to be fair my <laughs> political views are kind of centrist in a way yeah. so I, i'm technically really biased I, I honestly don't care much for but politics. i like jeremy corbyn but with mm. current politics i'm kind of not sure who to vote for i'll yeah. probably vote for lib dems or just screw the ballot paper up and put a swear word on the ballot paper <laughs> that's, <it. laughs> that's one way to do it <laughs> when i read the results out but like there was 28 spoiled ballot papers 28 rejected ballot papers. you would be one of the spoiled ones exactly. yes getting i was one of the spoiled <laughs> so uh oh yeah because um depression in kids has been skyrocketing recently yeah so the amount of teenagers who are getting depressed is unreal the amount of teachers that are actually getting depressed a lot of people yeah, are that's arguing. a good yeah. point that we could bring into this podcast because I've also read that obviously students have had a hard time with the new exam changes, mm. but also teachers as well. Yeah, they've got to change the curriculum and make sure they teach it in a way where students are going to understand it. Yeah, because the content's harder now than it used to be. So with maths, for example, the content now is much harder than it used to be. So yeah, if some teachers kind of struggle with it themselves, obviously you'd expect them to understand it because they would be a maths teacher. Yeah, but 
people need to understand it in a way where not only they can understand it themselves but understand it so they can teach others how to do it as well because yeah. some teachers know stuff but can't teach very well but it's others yeah I have noticed mm. which is a bit yeah. weird because you think that the one requirement for becoming a teacher is knowing you would, how to you? teach like, I'm not going to give any names away but I think yeah. we all know one teacher in the maths department <laughs> that yeah. was not very good at <laughs> teaching that ended up leaving the school um, I actually liked him though he was like I wasn't talking about him oh we're not talking about him talking okay about that's alright female then. <laughs> oh yeah oh her yes yeah. <laughs> oh man she bullied me she's actually. my phone user <laughs> so, uh, that's, I hope we're talking about the same person um, uh, surname begins with an L oh okay we're talking about somebody else here <laughs> okay man <laughs> yeah but she she didn't know how to teach uh, she was quite nice there was another person who didn't know how to teach and bullied me that was fun uh, that was, was that one begins with a V and no that was S Nobody's going to know who that is. I Nobody's been to us. I knew forgot who she was. Wasn't yeah. she your year 10 maths teacher? Yeah. Gosh. Um, I've been bullied by quite a few teachers over my life. I think it's something to do with me. <laughs> like, I feel like there's something written on my face which just goes, hey, teachers, bully me. <laughs> I did become quite good friends with one of the teachers that bullied me, though. That was, that was quite cool. But she's um got depression herself now. Which sucks. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, it's never a good thing to have. And if you do have it, make sure you contact maybe the Samaritans. I'm starting with them in August, so that should be... Well, yeah. September. It should be fun. Uh, teach me how to listen properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so where would you want to start off with this? Because education, well, obviously, is a wide point. You have uniforms, you have bullying, you have different forms of education systems, like exams and all well, that. That's a good lot. point, actually. I've got a lot of questions written yeah. here with answers but i think we may as well kind of start chronologically so one of the questions here was school opening times yeah so what's your opinion on school opening times do you think that we should stay early or do you think we should open up later no open up even earlier in our school the amount of people who kind of came in late because they overslept and yeah i mean one of my friends who will be on this podcast at some point he would just fall asleep during <laughs> lessons because obviously the stress mixed with the early start times you get pretty much no yes, sleep definitely like when i was back in school like it doesn't happen now but i got well like three hours of sleep yeah, a night i speak familiar with doing yeah. that as well stress is just a killer for me it's just going on youtube because i get home and i want to do something <laughs> i enjoy so watching youtube videos until 3 yeah. a.m yeah it's <laughs> one of those ways to relax also we'll have to get back to that point because of homework but, oh yeah um, i think it has something on here so I, the most of the stuff I've got is from Finland because I actually yeah. really appreciate Finland's um, yeah, I know a bit about education Finland. system. I've heard that they start school later over there, so at seven years old. Yeah, they start when they're seven years old because they said that kids should be kids, which is an <laughs> obvious... Good. I mean, can you tell me one thing you learnt from, well, before the age of seven in school? I can't actually. And one reason for that is because a lot of... Um, early years in school I didn't go to school I was homeschooled yeah. so I missed out like three or four years of primary school as a result of that yeah. so I can't I kind of had a big gap missing in my early yeah. education so to this day like you know, in year two and year three when you learn grammar and stuff my grammar yeah. is really weak to the point where I struggle with basic grammar and sentences I went to I was at school but I still have I'm really awful at I remember uh, writing and reception like quite a lot in year one that's yeah. just because the teacher picked on me in year one. Yeah, I got picked on a lot by then. Because <laughs> I was the worst in the class. Yeah. I was um, being picked on by my dad at home, so it was it kind of creates this weaker mentality. And, yeah. Uh, people kind of see that, and then they pick on those who are weaker, which is one of the main reasons for bullying. It's quite strange yeah, I me- thing. I remember in year one <laughs> yeah. once, it was all like 
counting together to 50. But for some reason, the number 22, I didn't say 22. Yeah. I said two to two. Two to two. <laughs> so when we were yes. all saying it out, we got to 23. We were like, wait a sec, let's stop. Can we do that again? Yeah. Go from 20. <laughs> Please no. I was like, wait, just just this table says it. Yes. Like, 21, 22 to 2. Just just you say it. Just you. So hang on, they singled you out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get because they want to teach you how to properly say it, but singling somebody out is yeah. not the best. And way also, to I do remember it. once um, we have this point system where everyone would have their names on the charts, and if you got did something well, so like sitting down in silence, for example, or reading the book, you'd get points in this chart, and if you got a certain amount of points, that would equal golden time. Yeah. So, uh, I, same thing. So, everyone used to, was meant to write points down, so let's say I got five points, I was meant to write down the number five, but instead of writing five down, I wrote, I did like a tally chart, so one, but instead of doing a tally chart where you do like four, I mean, you do the line through it to make five, I just did ones, so yeah. it got to the point where, there was loads of ones in there, to the point where I couldn't actually understand how many points were on yeah. there, so I just crossed it all out and gave me zero. That's not right. So at the end of the year, like I had the lowest score up, everyone. Not because I didn't get the most points. Are you telling me that these uh, primary school teachers couldn't count? You see, either that or my writing was atrocious, which it still is now. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like doing one, some of them were a bit wonky, so would count and I would just put a, a, a red yeah. line through them and put, I can't understand yeah. this or something. But wouldn't tell me that they couldn't understand it till the end of the year. Yeah. In like year five, they used to do this thing where you couldn't write with a pen until you um, passed this handwriting thing, because we had oh, handwriting yeah, we did books. <laughs> and I was the last person to get a pen. But it was like a week it. before year five ended. And they only gave it to me because they felt sorry. It happened to me in year six. <laughs> yeah. I think the worst part is my handwriting was better with a pen. <laughs> to be fair, your handwriting is actually pretty decent. It's awful. It looks like a doctor's handwriting. No, because you say that, I mean, if we compare <laughs> handwritings, mine's basically not even legible. <laughs> the thing is, I can read yours better than I can read mine. See, whenever it was in school, I and mean, then let's say we did a presentation together, yeah. no one could read my writing, so we'd be like, sorry, Brandon, what does this say? Yeah, the thing <laughs> is, I, had, I struggled reading smart handwriting. Yes, yeah, so like not it. to like stereotype, but you find females have much better handwriting than males. Yeah, so you can, it's like my writing's <laughs> atrocious, but you find for some reason most females just yeah. have really good handwriting. Yeah, it's amazing. But um, back to this school start stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> still time. on topic with school, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's not enough. It's not enough. Time. Just kind of just... off subtopic, but on yeah. topic. Um, so I did actually get some research because there was like a meta-analysis, which is a bunch of different studies. I think oh, yeah. they got 38 studies. Was this just in the country? Um, um, yeah, Finland? this is the UK, I think. Oh, UK. And so it was by Whedon, Chapman and Croft in 2016. And they, uh, act- they found that later start times means that students get more higher grades, they pay more attention in class, they don't fall asleep... And there are less students being late, which is yes. pretty much everything a school wants to tackle. But the only thing they do about it is telling students off. And obviously students don't care if they're getting told off. What's yeah, the worst I think that's going to happen? I also researched something as well, and it says that sleep deprivation can cause a number of different bothersome symptoms in kids of any age. A loss of sleep disrupts the normal function of a child's attention span. Yeah. So you find that people have shorter attention span in classrooms, so less likely to understand stuff. Yeah. Which um, is obviously not good. And also creates delayed reaction time, irritability, depressed mood, forgetfulness. And that's just a few of the symptoms it causes. Yeah. And so, like, especially having an exam at, like, nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's the worst for me. Yeah. I, I quite liked uni, late. though. Because at uni, the exams were, I think, one was at one o'clock and one was at two o'clock. I think. Yeah. So it was pretty decent yeah. time to that's, start them. 
That's a perfect time for me. Mentally. Uni also allows you to bring sweets into the exam, so you can revise. I, did, I didn't certain, know that. Yeah, you can revise with a certain flavor sweet. Would you have to take them out of the packaging? Like, so we couldn't write. You have to take a single packet. Because in my exam, someone had a water bottle and we set up a label on, but we weren't told to take the label off. So yeah. they could have potentially cheated. They're, they're more it. they're more lenient on that kind of stuff because there's a lot of them in the room. I, I did hate the room though; it was too big for my liking. Yeah. I got very claustrophobic. Uh, the first time I did exams, I wore this brand new light grey t-shirt, and I sweated a lot. And let's just say that part of my t-shirt ended up being dark grey <laughs> by the end of it. So I had to quickly get my coat on, because there was just this massive circle underneath my arm. And part of it was large crowds, because large crowds make me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it, even though part of me kind of thinks, what if I become like an influential speaker? That'd be quite cool. <laughs> Terrible decision. Where would you sat? Would you sat towards the middle, towards um, the side? I was, like, towards the side. I was in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate being in the middle. And like, then I have this thing where I have really to nervous. look around. Every minute, I don't know why I do this, yeah. but I have to look at the clock every minute, just in case one minute's been like 12 minutes yeah somehow yeah speaking of uni exams what are your opinions on um schools being so heavily focused on exams like because a lot of students will get uninterested because they're just being forced to learn information regurgitated for an exam rather than the actual love of the subject yeah i completely agree with you there they should test students in other ways rather than just 100 percent examination so in the old system I, i noticed in science would test you with I think a practical that counts twenty five percent to your grade where you do. Yeah, uh, I did enjoy the practicals, which were really easy to get high marks in. Yeah. Like everyone got A stars in those. <laughs> what is? I carried, I carried my team. Yeah, it, 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 it carried my <laughs> grade up from like a, yeah. a D to a B, so yeah. <laughs> it helped. But yeah, ever since the new system has changed, there's been less coursework, and also with psychology mm. A level as well. Apparently, there used to be a research methods. Yeah, they used um, they used yeah. to be um, used to do a little bit of research, but it wasn't graded. You just did it so that you knew what would happen and they had to cut it out because their exams would need required more material to learn. Because in exams, research methods were really boring. Yeah. Oh, man. that It, it took a while to get... I mean, even in university, they're quite uh, yeah. dull because it's a lot of maths and just a lot of stuff to go through. See, I didn't mind the maths part. It was just the different... All different terms, so like the different variables. Yeah, I don't give you like a massive scenario to say in this scenario which is this variable. Yeah, I mean, so confusing. Yeah, and because I revised literally days before because I was such an idiot and left everything last minute. <laughs> I revised the day before. I just had well. a mental breakdown on the second <laughs> and third exam to the point where I wasn't mentally cognitively functioning properly. But I still, yeah. I've still got a C in both exams. It's really good though. But purely because I made up case studies. Yeah, I think I, I think the worst part about exams is that they really don't test how smart you are on a subject. They test how good your memory yeah. is in that subject. So like someone could have an amazing memory. Yeah, and get A stars, but. If you ask them a simple logical question like how do you cook toast, they might not know how to cook toast. Yeah. Oh, the amount of students who had no idea how to make a bed or cook toast is unreal. But I think that's more uh, parents just doing everything for them and just telling them off and not doing it rather than just, you mm. know, making them do it. Like, if you are if you keep telling your child to tidy up their room and they refuse to, don't tidy it up for them. Do you get told just to tidy up your room? Or messy, messy. Do you have the choice to just. I just tidy it up like, anyway because I hate a messy room. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm bad at keeping things tidy so my room will get messy and obviously no one cleans up for me I clean up myself but it's just yeah. left messy for a month and when it gets to the point where I'm like damn I can actually barely even breathe in this room yeah, how messy I it is I really need to tidy this up so then I just tidy up <laughs> yeah I think um, as soon as you tidy up something that was really messy it ends up getting messier slowly yeah but like you don't notice it's getting messy I've got an extension cable in the middle of the room and I use it to put my laptop charger in and my fan um, yeah. in 
plugged in because I use my fan quite a lot and it yeah. has actually skyrocketed the electric bill recently and I, I should seriously stop using it because it's actually increased the electric bill by as much yeah. as £10 a week. Oh, wow. And my mum's like, Brownie, soon you need to change it because if you don't, we're going to give me a call and up the bill. <laughs> we're going to die. I accidentally left the hose on. But, um... <laughs> I was in really summer. Yeah. Um, so how do you think that we could actually... Uh, change this examination situation. So it could be more of an difficult. implementation of coursework, practical yeah. experiments, and also trips as well. Because in school, even if it's not part of the grade, trips would, would be quite good for like creating an interest in a subject. So let's let's say history. If you learn about world wars, it would be quite useful to go to yeah. on a trip to a museum where you see some of the weapons or yeah. something. Or if you was doing, I don't know, like <clears throat> an English literature, for example, and you was interested in one of the novels you could go and meet the person yeah. who wrote it if they're still alive which is probably not because most of it's 18th century yeah i think a lot of the um problems with it because kids learn much better if it's practical so yeah. if they're actually getting involved in something and all that's been happening is information is being shoved down their throats yeah because i mean we have less and less time now to actually give these kids some practical lessons because there's so much more information in the exams nowadays than there used to be yeah and that's not the only thing also with curriculums as well we'll, we'll say that everything in a curriculum is everything in a specification that you'll be tested on but sometimes you'll have questions that have got nothing to do with the specification yeah. so i remember our gcse biology exam there was a question of independent companies and that was basically a business ex- yeah. studies question but everyone was like what the hell is this why have we got this question it's yeah. not even science like um i think a lot of the questions, some people complain because they don't understand what the question's about. <laughs> a lot of people complain because it has nothing to do with the subject you're studying or you haven't even been learnt it. So a lot of the stuff that was on our BTEC Applied Science, oh, yeah. it was only just written. And so a lot of the stuff on the paper, we didn't know because it was literally just the teacher's best guess as what's going to be on it because the teachers hadn't even been sent what's going to be on the test. You see, was that the first paper we did? So that, I, I did yeah. terrible on that paper. I think it was our, is it 90 marks? Yeah, 90 marks. Oh, it was 34 chemistry, 30 physics, and 34 uh, I have biology. 90 marks, I only got 20, and they yeah. needed 19 for a pass, so I literally scraped the pass yeah. on that exam. And I, I don't even know how I passed it, because I, I was convinced I failed it. I think I told you I thought I failed the exam. Yeah. We did quite well, though. We got quite high. I think overall we got um, a merit. Yeah. Yeah. The, um... I find it really funny because Finland, like I was saying before, yeah. they don't have standardized testing. They have none no. of it. The like, there's one optional test, which is like the um, it's the national uh, matricula matricula something exam, <laughs> and it's like you can you opt into doing it, and that's for like uni stuff, preparing for uni, and so you have kind of two different types of course you can go on. Because you do education from 7 to 16. Anything after 16 is completely optional. Oh, is it? Yeah. So you have like a three-year vocational study. So you do something physical. So it's almost like an apprenticeship. Is it you... like a BTEC as well? Yeah, it's like a BTEC yeah. and an apprenticeship. You basically pick a study and they train you in that. So you actually get physical um, experience in how to do Do they get do paid something. for it or is it just... I don't think they get paid for it because it's education. And there's also the actual standard normal education, which leads up to your uni course and that optional exam. And so you can get, and you can even do the optional exam after you've done your vocational studies and then go to uni. And so it's not like you you have options to do anything you want pretty much. And so it's not limiting. So would you say that you'd rather the system be more vocational rather than exam centric? 
Uh, I would prefer vocational. To be some honest. people argue that, although it, it would be better to have it more vocational, to like it, make my students interested who final exams boring. Yeah. Some people would argue from an employer perspective, but would want to know if a student was capable in the subject. And a, a, a good way of yeah. testing someone's ability, let's say with maths, would be a test. Yeah. Because obviously in maths, it's quite hard to do coursework because it's either right mm. or wrong. It's not like subjective where you do research on it. I do agree, though. There are some subjects which prefer exams. So like uh, sciences and maths yeah. would tend to need an exam more. But things like English, philosophy, why are they exam based? Because you're not really doing much. Coursework would show much better uh, detail of your capabilities for English because, you know, you can write a story, you can write a poem, you can do anything with this. With philosophy, you're literally just regurgitating information from everybody with, even though every professional person in that field, although there's not that many nowadays. <laughs> we'll, we'll have like very pretentious names. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have access to the internet and books, and so they're not just writing it from memory. Yeah. And so you might as well have coursework writing your own theories, com- um, disagreeing with other people's theories, agreeing with people's theories, making your own assumptions, and then getting other students to like disprove it or something like that. Because that'd be so much entertaining, because otherwise you're just telling students, hey, this is what you have to write. You can't write your own opinions. What's your opinion on the perspective of that? It is good to test people with exams because some people could potentially cheat in coursework. So, like with uni, for example, we have essays, and it's, it would be quite easy for someone to write an essay for you, and you submit it, and you get away with it. It is but your own. That's easily to be picked up on. I mean, in our university alone, they really know who's written their own essays for coursework. Like, um, there was a student in ours picked up because they plagiarized because they got somebody else to write it. Because they have several uh, computer algorithms that can process different people's handwriting. So what if someone got someone else to do it who wasn't a member of the university? It's it's those hired companies. So, so let's say for example, let's say for example, you was friends with a writer, but they didn't go to university yeah. or anything, and then they looked at your work and they amended it. But their their like track record was obviously not on any university system. Yeah. Would it not be detected? Well, most of the time it would just slip through the gaps, but. Let's be honest, if you get somebody else to do all your coursework, what are you learning? And in which case, when you actually go for a job in that field, they're going to realise that you are extremely underqualified and don't know what I've you're got, talking about. I've got friends who have asked me to send them my versions of the yeah. work, and when they've submitted it, the work was obviously not very similar to mine, but I could tell that most of their ideas came from me, yeah. and they got away with it, they got a mark, they were fine, but could you argue if they stole my ideas and... That's technically against the system. Because um, <laughs> I, I was literally giving them my work word for word yeah. completed. After I submitted it, obviously, so I, I can't be affected. You but... would be affected. You'd still be brought in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there was, really? Yeah. There was someone <laughs> who, um, in our year, who came very, very close to plagiarising, and they both got brought in. Talk what if I submitted mine, let's say, the top of April, and they submitted theirs on the 29th of Yeah, it's because you May. willingly shared it with somebody. So it's, there's oh, a lot damn. of rules on it. Gosh, but... I could have... I've they, done that so many times. I think reading somebody else's stuff, writing in your own, it just helps your own understanding. I don't yeah. think there's, there's anything wrong with that. So when you write it word for word. It's like, let's say business law, for example. I, I, I don't really know anything about that. Yeah. It, it was only tested with an essay. And because it was tested with an essay, it demotivated me to even go to the lectures because I thought, well, it'd be easy enough to pass it anyway. Yeah. For, I think I even told you this before, that there's no exams in it, so there's no point in turning to the lectures. So some could argue that exams demotivate people but some people could argue that the coursework could also demotivate people because if 
you know you could wing a piece of coursework. What's the point in even attending school or university? True, I do get that. But then again, there is that point of there's only a certain amount of understanding you can get from the internet. You do need people who are professions in that field to actually get a further understanding from it. What about lecture slide notes? Because so... I have a book of notes and blackboard, so you can literally look at them word for word. And my yeah. lecturer, he would read off the slides word for yeah. word, so it's almost like I'm teaching myself it. One of my lecturers was really cheeky and decided not to put all of what he said in the lecture on the slides, which is really annoying when I'm trying to write up all the stuff later. Because... Would you be allowed to film it? So, like, yeah. if you put your phone on. Um, you are allowed cool. to film it and get which your I own. Ask the permission first. You can get word capture, so there's special Someone devices. Had that. But yeah, I was having a thing on my laptop. Mid lecture, one of our lecturers called David Gray was like, "What's that in your computer?" And yeah. everyone turned around. and was like, um, <laughs> "Has he never seen it before? <laughs> what, what's yeah. that?" For? They've been around for a long time. You just stick them into your computer and it transcribes it from uh, voice to word. And, Interesting. Or there are some types which, if you open up the PowerPoint beforehand that they have. It will make the it'll make a recording for each of the slides. Yeah. So all you have to do is press next slide, and so you can hear their voices for the slide it's on, which is quite interesting. But studies have shown that if you write stuff down, you remember it more. See, so that's probably true for most people. But when I write stuff down, I, I'm not reading it whilst I'm writing it down. I'm writing yeah. it down without somehow reading <laughs> it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I could be copying what's on this yeah. piece of paper in front of me right now, and I'd copy it word for word, but I wouldn't be reading it as I'm writing it. I just write each word. Yeah, I get that. It's, I, I, most people like wh- how, but it's just how yeah. our brain processes things. <laughs> right. So I have a question for you. So with okay. uh, obviously all the teachers. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they are qualified enough to kind of teach students um, for the level that they're at? So, like a lot of our A level teachers, they didn't have any further education. They That's just a good had point, actually. Stuff. So, Miss. Or, oh, actually, I don't want to say uh, the name. You, uh, you don't have to say the name. Just say Mrs. X. So, one of our <laughs> science teachers for year 12 and year 13. Yeah. Um, she. The work we're doing. Um, it was originally going to be forensic investigations. Yeah. Then it changed to applied science, but she was not really strong with chemistry and physics. Yeah. So when she was teaching this, she didn't really know. She was kind of teaching herself before she was teaching yeah, this. And I feel that's... like that kind of affected our understanding of it. Because yeah. obviously if someone's telling you something, but they've admitted to you that they don't really understand it themselves, and are you going to take them seriously? Yeah. Her speciality was in uh, forensics yeah, and, and biology, chemical. Oh yeah, chemistry, chemistry, yeah. And so she knew the most of the chemistry and a little bit of the biology, because obviously she used to be a forensic scientist. Yeah. And But she didn't know any of the physics and quite a bit of the other stuff, so she had to teach herself and get other teachers to come in. So like when we were learning about transverse waves and longitudinal waves, yeah. she, she would tell us that she would literally written notes the night before herself, and then she was teaching us, and sometimes yeah. she, she would make mistakes. Yeah, and then and she had to ask herself. me and Nicola. To, exactly, and it was, yeah. mm, it's why in the ex- exam I didn't really understand any of the physics, physics questions. Yeah. I did the best in the chemistry section out of three because she was most confident with the chemistry, so yeah. I felt more confident. Which is quite good, to be fair. I mean, at least she got some other people in to help, but not a lot of teachers were able to give some of their free time because they were busy with their own. It's like Mr. Meredith, like, yeah. when he's talking about physics, you just know he understands it, yeah. so you, you kind of assume Mer- Meredith is for it. one of the best teachers I've ever had. Or but, like Mr. Wilkerson for psychology, you just yeah. know that they know what they're talking yeah. about, but for some of the teachers they seem unsure of themselves, so you're like, yeah. well, this is not really useful for me. Yeah, I think I find the most worrying part is that I find it hard to build connection with the teacher. Yeah. So um, there were several teachers in that school which I built a connection with over the time. But every time I moved school, it was really hard to actually learn from the teachers because I didn't know them. So I was more anxious around them. And I learned a little less. I didn't learn as well. 
Whereas in Finland, apparently they have the same teacher over the six years. Do they? Yeah. So they get, each of their teachers are trained to a master's degree level. And so they know what they're talking about. And they've had training, very good intensive training. And uh, I think there was a quote by, um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but it's Passy <laughs> Salberg. He's watching this right now. Yeah, he's Just... he's definitely watching this podcast. It's very popular. There's <laughs> hundreds of um, thousands of views. <laughs> yeah, but he said that there is no word for accountability in Finnish. Accountability is something left when responsibility has been removed. And so basically he's saying that if you train your teachers enough, they don't really need to be accountable for anything that happens. So is that, is that the... the country where teachers view students as equals to them? So over here it's kind of like, yeah. I'm teacher, listen to me, or why I'm going to give you detention. In university... It's we're equal. Um, it depends actually who in, it is. Really, <laughs> some lectures, yeah. some lecturers kind of make their mark and say, "Look, yeah. I, you're here because you want a degree. If you, if you don't want a degree, f off, get out of yeah. the room right now." All, all our all our lecturers are like, "If you need to talk, just come to us. It'd be fine." Do it, do they? Yeah. Um, one of them's the head. He's known as the Angel of Death because if you get summoned to talk to him, you're most likely going to have to uh, give a reason why you should stay in the university. <laughs> is, is that just for your department of psychology yeah that's just our department of psychology for the first year lots of the lecturers seem pretty calm yeah probably with the exception of david gray yeah <laughs> <laughs> whenever we saw um, a phone we'll stop the whole lecture and say yeah you i can see you on your phone there yeah but, um <laughs> I, I do get it but i don't get stopping the entire lecture people would it. film him with lectures and, and put them put a snapchat <laughs> a picture of, like, we'll be on a laptop and i'll film a laptop a picture of steve jobs and i'll film yeah. david gray I mean, would someone would put his fist of jobs because <laughs> we look very similar. A lot of um, the psychology group chats were being very negative towards some of the lecturers. Were they? Yeah. Well, they're also I've, asking I've people to sign them in. But oh yeah, because that's what, what the accounting group chat was all yeah. about. <laughs> I always just say no because so I didn't join it for that reason. I can't. I can't forge people's signatures. Someone. See, I can't. I, I don't even try to forge people's signature. Yeah. I blatantly make it wrong on purpose, but they've still not detected yeah. anything yet. Yeah. Um. The, yeah, but he basically said that if your teachers are responsible enough, they don't have to be accountable. So if you're if a pupil's getting bad grades, it's not because of the teacher. It's because there's something going on there. Yeah. So it'd be more uh, emotional or psychological, that kind of thing. Or they just don't understand. Well, they would understand the subject because they have somebody qualified teaching them. But maybe they need to learn it in a different way. It does work over there because studies show that although they start school at like three or four years later than we do, yeah. they're much further ahead of us by the time everyone yeah. gets to 16. It's strange, it's... like in our country, 16-year-olds seem so dumb compared to 16-year-olds in other countries. Yeah, I I remember one student asking um, if there are shops on Mars, just being completely sincere. I was thinking about that the other day, actually. Like, why? I remember who that was. <laughs> yeah, because they were... At... I don't understand it. <laughs> no, I was just lying down in bed and I saw an ad for a Mars bar. I mean, for some reason, I just... Yeah. I think we were thinking of the same thing because I thought that the other day yeah, as well. I know who she is. Great I think she got moved down like... the following year. Yeah. Um, but it's it's weird because they get the same teacher throughout the entire course. And so they have that one person they build trust with so that they know they can go talk to it. They... Why are the teachers bad though? Yeah, Why are uh, there someone you don't like? Because the teachers are all trained to a high level so you don't have that worry. And if there is a problem with the teacher, the headmaster has the ability to actually step in and do something about it yeah whereas most of the time it's down to the education board mm. but in this case it's personal it's individual and so you have that individual relationship i mean some people referenced it as like it's their a second family member member because 
they're they're really close to you and you can actually talk to them anytime you want and ask for clarification and if you don't like them i'm assuming that you can move to a different class but it's quite interesting because it removes that uh part of yourself that gets anxious around new people and Definitely. it stops you from having to build up a new relationship with somebody only to leave them again later when you're just getting comfortable <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I still find it nerve-wracking going to lecturers in my uni. I just don't. <laughs> even though they're really friendly... Do you email I have, them? I, yeah. I, really, I don't like emailing them either, because I feel uncomfortable. I don't mind emailing... Uh, I didn't mind emailing teachers from my old school, because I got... You know, we got quite close so to I found that weird, emailing the teacher. Yeah, because I only emailed them, like, three times or something like that. But it's really helpful. And I think at this point, it's just taken me a while to actually get comfortable around some lecturers. Uh, See, it depends. Actually, I feel like some of the lecturers are actually quite down with the trends, understand the use yeah. and current situations. But some of the older lecturers, you find they're kind of set in their ways and don't really, yeah. aren't really open to understanding students' perspectives they, or things. They don't. Some of them don't tend to realise that um, different <sighs> online sources and all that a lot can be better than physical books and all that yeah way. so i mean the greatest example i can think of is the university library so they're all telling you to use the university search <laughs> bases when there's google scholar i think right i there, went just the library better. five times in the whole year i've never been to the library but most of us towns were because we had group projects yeah. and we had nowhere to meet yeah i've been there once i hated it and never do you returned. hate it because it's actually all right there did did you go on all the floors or was it just yeah the, i went on all the floors floor? i like the second floor well it's not the second floor it's it's the first floor technically, but it's not the ground floor. That makes yeah. any sense. It's the first floor. Yeah. So you have the ground floor, the first yeah. floor, the second. I never understood. Because in, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the first floor is the floor at the bottom, because that makes sense in yeah, my mind. The first but... floor is the first floor you walk on. <laughs> it's called floor zero or ground yeah. floor. So, um, yeah, I never, I never got it. It's like, it's, whoosh. <laughs> yeah. It. They also tell you to use the university search database. Yeah. And it's awful. It's really simple. I didn't start and using it Google Scholar. Yeah. Like one of our lecturers just said, don't use the university database. It's really <laughs> bad. Just use Google Scholar. Google Scholar is perfectly designed for this kind of stuff. I don't know why they put money into making their own. I remember when um, I was in a group once for, to, to prepare for a presentation and was talking about, like, have we started our essays yet for the subject? And we was talking about what source we use. And I said I use Reddit <laughs> to research you used Reddit. <laughs> I mean, they stopped, looked at me like, what the hell are you doing, lad? <laughs> right. Our lecturers, uh, one of them went on an hour-long rant talking about sources because <sighs> apparently he's had people come with Wikipedia. I was probably not as bad as Reddit. <laughs> awful. Like Reddit, uh, so anyone can write it. Yeah. Not even a professional, just yeah. any random person off the street. They say if you want to use Wikipedia, go to the bottom of the pages to the references and actually click on the references that they used because you can use them, which is what I did, to be fair. I just went to a Wikipedia page and clicked on all the references they used. It's so if you're told not to use websites like, um, oh, what's it called? So let's, For example, with my course, there's lots of accounting websites, so like Accounting yeah. Online or AccountingConcept.com. Yeah. We're we, told not to use those websites. Use academic sources. Yeah, we were told to use academic sources. But I didn't. Research papers. Did you ever just pretend... Did you ever use those websites that they didn't tell you to use and pretend you got them from another website when you didn't really? No, did I've never lot. done that. <laughs> or have you ever, like, um, referenced a book that you haven't actually read? But I have done you, that. Because I've done that. I'm someone actually yeah. caught me out of it for the economics essay. Really? If you put in the references, please read all the references... 
Yeah. <laughs> because the only problem I found is it took me, I think I was 14 hours in and that was just reading two references. And so I was like, I can't keep doing this considering the fact I'm going to have like 15 references in here. Do you, so, what um, method of referencing do you use? Is it, it's not uh, Harvard, is it's it? It's the... I can't remember what it's called mm. to be honest. Ever since I've I've only been away from uni for about a month, and I already can't remember. It's two months now, actually. System. Yeah, really, two months. Because July is it tenth today, and we finished May thirteenth, lighted anyway. Yeah. Well, I think you finished later actually. Yeah, I finished a bit later than you, including the study leave and everything. We've yeah, been I finished ages. nearer nearer the start of June. Weren't your exams like ten days apart, so you had yeah. time to? Oh, oh, yeah, I was before. really lucky in that. Situation. See, I didn't realise this, but apparently one of our for our economics exam, apparently it was a previous exam and it was ten questions and yeah. they said to us that definitely three of those ten questions will come up, but you just need to prepare all ten of those questions so if three of them do come up, you know how to respond. And apparently we were seeing this in December and I didn't know this existed till a week before my exam. Yeah. So I had to literally cram um, research responses for all these 10 essays. And because yeah. I was lazy, I was actually <laughs> tapping the question to Google and would copy and pasting exact answers. Because obviously yeah. uh, it's not a t- turn it in, it's a written exam. So I can use their ideas. Yeah. But then uh, to make it even harder, they put in a question f- from using resources in, U- in the UK from 2018 to 2019. So I can't just type in and get an American source or get anything else that's got yeah. to be this year. So I'd have to actually do additional research. Yeah. That actually brings up two different points I've got. Okay. So the first one is, um, so you said I had 10 hours between, not 10 hours. 10 days. 10 days between my exams. Do you think that the amount of classes students have uh, affects how much they're willing to learn? Because yeah, we had, definitely... what, six classes a day, uh, each um, 15 minutes long. Oh, for GCSE. Yeah. For, for A-level. And they've changed it for GCSE. Do you mean classes in like lessons uh, a day, or do you mean classes yeah, lessons in subjects? A day. Lessons a day. Um. Well, before it used to be five one-hour lessons a day, and yeah. I used to find that a one-hour lesson just felt like it dragged on. But yeah. with the fifty-minute lessons, I found it went so much quicker. So I actually yeah. preferred the format of fifty-minute yeah. lessons. So I remember um, in year before year eleven, wasn't it? Two one-hour lessons break, one one-hour lesson lunch, and yeah. two one-hour lessons end of the day. Yeah. But I'd say it's better apart from around lunchtime because after break now you have two 50-minute lessons yeah. rather than one one-hour lesson. So it makes it feel like a massive gap between break and lunch. Yeah, the thing is I always found it kind of dragged on either way because yeah. you don't have a break to eat, drink or anything like that, really. You just have to go from lesson to lesson and just sit through it. I mean, if you did so extend the break like time, work. it used to be 15 minutes and extend it to 20 minutes, yeah. I think. But I mean, um, in Finland, because I like Finland, <laughs> I like um, all those countries. They apparently only have a few lessons a day, and then they have like fifteen, twenty-minute breaks between each of them. Plenty of time to have food and all this lot, and it gives teachers times to relax as well and prepare stuff for the next lesson because they're just rushing around everywhere. In our school, they were just rushing around everywhere, to really stressed, trying to get everything sorted, and all the students were just tired and bored out their minds. Yeah, especially around like May and June time. Yeah, because you need to give a child time to relax to actually learn appropriately. Because if they're just bored, they're not going to interact with anything. So I've got a question for you. Do you think the number of subjects people typically do at GCSE level is too many? So typically, people do around ten GCSEs. Yeah. Altogether. Do you think that's too many or do you think it's not enough? I don't think it's too many. I think okay. it's just about right. I think what's too much is the homework per subject. What about lower ability students? So let's say someone's on the lowest set, they struggle 
as it is, and they're doing ten subjects as well. Do you think that we should let's say give them the option to do six subjects, but do better than those six subjects rather than doing worse across ten subjects? Um, so I like, suppose that yeah. would make sense. So like I reckon because... if we did five subjects instead of ten, yeah. our grades could would have been higher than those five because we would have more time yeah. to go over those five subjects. You do you do tend to get more time, but I think that would also come under how qualified the teachers are. Because yeah. you don't not every teacher is qualified to deal with somebody who um has a lower cognitive ability because I mean you're teaching uh, students and you need to teach them on an individual level rather than the complete teaching every single student exactly the same way because yeah. I mean they did that in our school they taught every student exactly the same way despite what level that they were on I believe except from the lower sets in maths because yeah. apparently there was five sets in maths but only two sets did higher level paper or yeah. the other did foundation yeah I think there's um I'm not referencing lower level lower IQ people to autistic people and that kind of stuff I'm just bringing this up because it's an okay. interesting point but there are certain schools which with autistic children they will teach them more physical and practical stuff yeah because that's how they learn they learn in a different way so there's a lot of uh, autistic people who learn visually so there's this extremely smart woman, I forget her name, but she works with safety in like nuclear plants and that kind of stuff because she can visualize things that other people can't. And so they've got these, there was like this one uh, reactor that kind of had a meltdown and things got flooded. And this, she was like, if I was put on this case, it would never have happened because what they ended up happening is these really s- smart intellectual architects had designed this room, I think it was a nuclear reactor and they had to flood it or something like that, or it just got flooded from water coming in. But they basically made everything like a one-way system, and so nothing would be able to get in or out, and where she would have had multiple things coming in. I I honestly can't remember the example. I will have to look it up. So the point you're trying to make is that autistic people learn Yeah, she could visualise it, and so she learns in a different way. And I think that's a large thing going on in schools that they forget that each student is an individual and that they learn in different ways. Uh, that's definitely true because my younger brother has autism and he finds the sound of the pencil like it, he finds he doesn't like the sound of the pencil going against yeah. the paper, so he prefers to learn like visually rather than writing stuff down. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And like, obviously, Albert Einstein he was autistic yeah. and he was like one of the a smartest people. A lot of people. them are inc- amazingly smart. It's like a spectrum, so that. You find with normal people, we're just kind of in between that gap. You find that autism, it could be like that gap, so you can be exceptionally smart, but also like yeah. low functioning as well, but yeah. more typically smarter. Because a friend of mine from uh, uni, he's on the autistic scale, but you'd never know, and he's so amazingly smart. I think that's what, I think one of the reasons I got on with him. See, some people even say more logical. <laughs> my mum even says, I'm, "I don't know why she thinks this, but she thinks I, I have traits similar to yeah. people on the autistic spectrum." And I've, obviously, I've researched this and. Everyone has some autistic traits to some degree. Yeah. Because everybody's yeah. on the autistic scale. Yes. Yeah. From either severely autistic to not autistic at all, but some people are on that. When I researched it, because apparently liking crunchy food is meant to be an autistic trait for some reason. Really? And I like crunchy foods like crisps and breadsticks yeah. and stuff. And apparently Ooh, that's a very autistic nice. trait. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what that's I could meant eat, to me. I could eat breadsticks all day. Um, but apparently, autistic people kind of view. Um, so social situations differently as well. So yeah. if, let's say he was in a social situation, he'd probably find it harder to communicate or find it harder to initiate a conversation. Yeah. Whilst someone who's not autistic might find it easy. It depends, actually. Obviously, 
the spectrum and yeah it's it's quite strange but we need to realize that everybody learns in a different way yeah and that if we can train teachers to uh, teach on an individual level and maybe even have that uh, one teacher throughout the six years and have them more expertly trained that would probably lead to a better education system because then they can get to know how a student learns and so they know how to explain it to people yeah. in different ways that they understand so going off that point um it's we have, we have it like BTEX, which kind of already does that, kind of yeah. teaches you vocationally, and you still have a few exams. So obviously with normal subjects, it'll be 100% exam, like maths, for example. But with BTEX, it's kind of 50% coursework. Yeah. Now it is anyway, and 50% <coughs> exam. So it kind of already incorporates teaching children and people in general more vocationally yeah. into the subject so with science applied science we did lots of practicals didn't we so, yeah. we had to do write up be practical so titrations for example we last... did that a lot because yeah, they kept failing I think it was the curse of um, curse of applied science that just every <laughs> every um, practical we did it just failed the first time like, there would always be something wrong whether it was the yeah. acid whether it was the equipment whether it was the method the yeah. times so like one time we had three trained uh, chemists <laughs> come in and they couldn't figure out what was wrong because the pH was... Everything was all right with it. It just didn't work. Wasn't that the... Um, it was one of the titrations. Wasn't that the unit where everyone got like a passing because no one knew what they was doing? I think so, yeah. Was it unit two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I do think practical... It works better for children because it engages them more. and gives them something to actually act on. engages their brain. And some people don't like practicals because obviously... Yeah. I want to play devil's advocate here, so I'm getting both... <laughs> points of view on but in science I'm going sometimes, to agree with you either way <laughs> um, <laughs> in science lessons sometimes I just wouldn't want to do a practical because I just yeah. wouldn't want, feel like doing a practical I'd yeah. rather just teach do a practical and me watch them do a practical yeah. rather than having to do the practical because I'd hate it on Friday afternoons in applied science would always have to do practicals and always fail yeah. and not know what I'm doing <laughs> I mentioned earlier that I had two points one of them was I can't remember what it was but it was something those who are listening do know what it is Yeah. But the second one was it's not just the school for engaging it's also the students for being a little bit lazy <laughs> because like like, you said you were being lazy like i am you lazy can't be asked researching all that like, I'm, I'm getting lazy i'm lazy quite as i'm bit. getting older i'm just getting lazier yeah and i think the laziness does stem from not being engaged because if you're not engaged in the subject you're less likely to put hard work into that's it that's true actually and i find yeah. from my perspective anyway i have quite a narrow set of interests yeah. So I like obviously I love politics. I'm yeah. quite obsessed with finance, money, and stuff. So I'm very interested in anything that can generate money. So with education, I think the homework is too much, because we got given like an hour worth of homework per subject for that day, and so we would have probably an average about three, four subjects a day, and we'd get like a piece of homework for that. So that's like three. Let's let's yeah. just say there's three. So that's three hours of homework every night after school. And then, obviously, we'd have to do our own personal stuff. There's everything that we need to get done. And it's no surprise why kids are stressed. They're given way too much work. Would you say... Um, and it's not even needed. I've noticed that as we went through secondary school, we got less homework through the years. Yeah. So, I know in year seven, for strict, like, look, you've got two pieces of homework a week, you've got to get it done and everything. But in yeah. year 10 and year 11, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I've noticed that we've still got one, at least one piece of homework a week for, a week for each subject, but... Yeah, it was just less common I found yeah. so in history we'd get one piece a week geography one piece a week I think we'll just have to take a quick break Okay. There. so I'll just start talking again um, so the other point I was making was that 
students are given way too much homework nowadays. I think we were given an hour of homework per subject we had. And so we had like an average of three hours of homework a night, maybe more on occasion. I mean, I'd and say was given a piece a week. I wouldn't have a week to do it. So we could yeah. do it over the weekend, which I'd leave it all to the weekend. Yeah. But I wouldn't say we had three hours a night, but obviously you yeah. had, I mean, you I had three had, hours yeah. a night. It, it was it's a lot of homework. And I think in Finland, they only have half an hour max. Half an hour of homework a night, which gives time for them to do physical activities like and their own stuff. Well. Yeah, because sports for uh, growing teenagers is incredibly important because of everything that's um, everything that it does for you. Like it improves your mental health and physical and, health. Yeah, and it and that amount of homework is physically impossible for anybody to do because you get home say about most people got home like half four-ish yeah i think i got home around four but it depends where you live yeah half four-ish and then they had to do their own stuff so most of them had after school clubs most of them some of them had part-time jobs and then they had like three hours of homework on top of that which is only given because teachers are told that they have to give student homework like it yeah. didn't further our understanding. So, it. could you argue, Ben? So, going back to school opening times, could you argue if schools opened up later, so let's say start at 10 a.m. rather than half eight, wouldn't that mean that school days would have to be longer and finish, at, let's say, four, five, or six o'clock? Wouldn't that defeat the object of homework? Because obviously, if everyone got home at 6 p.m., then the likelihood of people doing homework would be very low. So, obviously, school opening times later would be good for sleeping and stuff, but would it mm. actually be good for homework? I, I think. I think if we were to change schools, we'd have to, I would say, scrap homework because there's no point for it. Uh, most people say it helps develop your understanding. It really doesn't. The only thing it ever did for me was just cause way too much stress. Well, I think it, maybe not scrap it, but make it optional to the point where if you want yeah. to, you, you can At least have only it. 30 minutes of homework a night and make sure that every subject talks on uh, what homework we had because I think we were given there were several subjects which just decided to give us overnight homework oh yeah and it's like we can't do this we've already got so much to do I mean with some, some subjects like history I just, it sounds quite bad but we'd be given a piece of homework and I'd type the question to Google use the yeah. history learning site oh, actually write do. down it word yeah. for word hand it in it's, it's why fine. I managed to complete it so quick I was saying on geography as well write it down. <laughs> I found um, with my subjects I could just yeah. do that and the teachers don't really care because I think because you took separate it science, it's mandatory. Didn't take separate science. Yeah, I think I believe you got given more homework for each individual yeah. science because with us, obviously, with double science, it's kind of just one. It's kind of seen as one science in both two GCSEs. Yeah, so you might get one piece of homework for science collectively a week, while you'd get three pieces, maybe yeah. four or five pieces a week. So that's probably why it felt like you had more homework than me. Yeah, it was a lot of homework, too much for any kid. <laughs> but I also think that another way to do it is to make sure teachers have that training. Um, they also, because that would also reduce the stress on the teachers. Because yeah. they don't have to stick to rigid rules on this is what you have to teach. And if the course changes, they still know the gist of what the subject's about. And so, like our teachers, they weren't given the curriculum until like a week before the exam. That's really bad. Like, that's, that's really stressful for not only the students, because they have no idea what they're doing, but also for the teachers, because their students have no idea what they're doing and they're getting the blame for it. And so I think training teachers and making that kind of connection and individual teaching style. Yeah, I believe it would have been a better idea, like, before actually making the new specification for the GCSEs and A-levels, we should yeah. have taught the teachers the new specification first, get them qualified in it, then bring out the um, 
specification to students yeah. rather than just bringing it out first and then teachers happen to learn it whilst teaching the students. Definitely. So you were saying that you had something you wanted to talk about on this subject during our break, uh, oh. which you guys don't know about because of my uh, terrible editing skills. Yeah, we had a, a few minute break a few minutes ago. I'm just trying to think what it was. What was it on topic about? He's was lost it, it hasn't Was he? it to do with school opening times? Um, we've, we talked about that a little bit. I think, um, yeah, you were saying if they started around 10. Cause I think that, I think 9 yeah. o'clock is about right. Because some and people then... say that well, that would be hard to put into the law because mm. it would ha- like, surely most schools would have to follow a, the same process of yeah. starting school at the same day. But I've actually got some information here that says there's no formal process at all. And that mm. according to the uh, DFE, which is some sort of... Like, education board schools can actually decide themselves what time they open schools at and it's actually the head, te- te- head teacher's decision if they yeah. wanted to open a school at 10 o'clock they could do that i think the only guideline they have is that school has to be a certain amount of hours long i think it's six and a half hours is it but if you look at city school they finish at two o'clock don't they um, and they start at the same time as us i think so i'm not too sure Wait, what time actually no they start earlier than us do they yeah and um I mean, I know Minster starts earlier than us and finishes later than us. But in my primary school, just awful. Finished, I started at quarter past nine in the morning, which is yeah. quite late. That point of, if you start too early, your, I mean, physical body chemistry is different and it makes sure that you won't learn as well. You're more tired, you're more stressed and everything goes wrong. Because, I mean, um, growing teenagers need like eight to nine hours of sleep. The, I know it's um, mm. different because work time, when you actually get a good job, it's like, I think it's like nine to five. But then again, nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point I wanted to um, go on, actually, was that um, you're saying that it'd be better to open schools later because um, teenagers yeah. need more sleep to develop I'd mentally. I'd say open and later and um, close early. But then some people would argue that having schools open up early would be good to prepare them for future employment because obviously most jobs start earlier on in the morning mm-hmm. so you could argue having early opening times would, would mentally and physically prepare them for when yeah. they start work and it would be better for them that way but then again you kind of have that idea of well you have nine to five so yeah. if you started school at nine o'clock anyway that's more realistic and then you also have the fact that school doesn't really prepare children for real life because you don't get exams in yeah. real life um like i guess it depends with, what you do yeah true but with exams with real life nowadays more jobs are being replaced by robots yeah so automation it's quite scary and actually so surely we should be teaching kids creative processes jobs which automation would never be able to take so that's what's quite scary because my economics lecturer said that accounting is one of the next jobs yeah. that's going to be automated which yeah, is quite it, scary over the next I feel, 20 years or so i feel like it would take a lot to replace it though because um you have there are so many different variables that you have to put in well obviously someone could hack like a machine yeah it's a lot but i think i think it's like entrepreneurship school kills entrepreneurship you it doesn't train them for that at all it kind Um, of forces you into this life cycle where you're gonna have to work from nine to five but it doesn't kind of tell you that you can work from home as a freelance writer or work you can can do whatever you want all it tells you is that you have to do this you have to work in a job you don't like until you die i saw a post about this on instagram the other day and it says that everyone has a mentality that we have to do certain things allowed to be successful but if you actually think about it does it actually make people happy yeah because 
everyone's told look you need to get your GCSE you need to pass maths and English and at least five GCSEs to get onto A levels yeah. otherwise you fail life if you don't do your A levels and go to uni you failed life don't yeah. do uni you failed life it's kind of which is clearly not true based exactly. on everybody who has not done A levels or GCSEs I, I think and have won life that puts stress yeah. on students as well because throughout of year 10 or 11 we were told that we needed this otherwise we'll have to yeah. be employed when in reality you actually don't necessarily need yeah. them for a lot of jobs. Google has gone out and said that they don't hire people based on any education that they have, which is just crazy. One of the biggest companies in the world doesn't hire people based on their grades, but from their leadership and their creativity. They said that the most employable characteristic in a person isn't their grades. They don't care if you have like a first or a master's degree in this or a PhD. They care if you show the ability to actually think about how to create stuff, create outside-of-the-box problem solving, they care how good of a leader you are. Leadership is one of the great, most employable um, characteristics a person can have nowadays, according to Google, Amazon. um, Like surveys before you have a job, and it asks you questions on different elements, so like um, how you get on with other people, do you work best alone, work best in groups, and stuff like that, and and sometimes they use those first to to determine whether you should get a job or not. Yeah, and so obviously school is needed for some sort of revolution, if you want to call it that. It just sounds cool like that. Um, some kind of renovation within the system to actually start fixing this because there are so many problems caused by it and they're just making it worse by making exams hard and more stuff to learn. They're giving um, numbers instead of letters. So it's like it's getting more like product quality. And I think the worst part about like UK and US based schools is that they compete with each other. Yeah, we do actually. Different schools, if they're performing well, get more money. If they're performing bad, they get no money. Which that is just Ofsted. awful because like teachers are already underpaid as it is. So I've got some information yeah. offset here, and it states that um, when, it's, when there's an inspection and a school's given, I believe it's um, what, what's the highest ranking? Is it? I know if it's good. There's it needs improvement. What's yeah, the there's best like one? excellent and stuff. Yeah, like excellent. That. If it's given the excellent rating, they get a lot more funding than if you're given good yeah. or any of the other ones and also read that ha- often visit schools in not fixed variables so let's say doing LSST yeah the last time they were given an Ofsted inspection was 10 years ago yeah maybe they was given the best rank but then I'm thinking well that means they, they could have gone downhill but they're still getting funding that's mm. really high whilst other schools could be really poor but are not are getting Ofsted checks every six months yeah. to the point where the yeah. funniest part is most of the schools with the highest Ofsted rating have the highest amount of students that are and teachers that are depressed which is kind of odd because you think that a school with a good rating means that there's less stress but it's just because they're treating do you it think like Ofsted is not a good thing then strict, I, I think it is a good thing but yeah. we need to make school better because Ofsted it does point out what your school is doing well yeah. so it gives you is it six or seven different categories saying six four minute yeah. schools good this part of the school Ofsted is bad. has helped a lot of schools even our school, to be fair, yeah. wasn't we a free before our school? Yeah, we were need improvement and then good, and then need improvement, good, need improvement. Good. I think we're good currently. Yeah, we're good currently. That's good. Um, that's our old school. <laughs> I've noticed but... ever since that inspection, the, the following year group, the year sevens, there's so many of them. So yeah. for years, there was a declining number of year sevens. There was like 70 people in year seven for like three or four years in a row. Yeah. And then suddenly in one year, 130 year sevens just magically came. Yeah. Our school was. Um, quite a small one anyway our year as but, well 
I think when we joined, yeah. it was given a good rating, wasn't it? And it was, a, yeah. I think there was 120 people in our year. It's quite a big year. Yeah, it's quite a big. The one. Years after ours, it's got. Our smaller. year 13 was quite small though. Oh, it was everyone it was dropped only out. Like 20 people less than that. Um, so I think we've been going on this for quite a while. So I'm going to give a final question. Okay. Uh, to finish this up, so if you could change three things in the education system, what would they be? I'll do the three same things. After. Ooh, um, just related to like, the schools or related to anything to do with schools. Anything to do with the education system. So Ofsted, the teachers to Ofsted. Definitely and, Ofsted. How they um fund schools and determine how to give how much money to which school based on what. That's definitely a problem. We need to fix that up and make it more fairer. And also give more money to schools that are underperforming. Otherwise, how are they going to improve if they've not got enough money for the resources to actually improve on? Nice. And then another point would be how teachers deal with bullying. Lots of teachers aren't actually taught how to um, deal with these situations in their training. I mean, obviously, we're probably given a few scenarios to, to base off, but if experiencing a student's let's say they see a student who's been bullied they might not know how to deal with the situation because they might not been taught how to deal with the situation yeah. and that's definitely a problem for both the teacher and the student and, and the school as a whole so we should probably have incorporate that into their teacher training course and also um so they know how to deal with the students who are experiencing that and deal with, and punish the students who are actually bullying yeah and i'm trying to think of a third point oh oh yeah also add more subjects onto the curriculum so in our school, we didn't really have many subjects on the curriculum. Yeah, so, I that. yeah, we only had was it ten or six, no, yeah. ten, eleven or twelve A levels to yeah. choose from. A lot of other schools had more because they had more staff, which were trained in different things. But our school didn't have that. And so, subjects like media studies were not taught in our school, yeah. and if, or economics. And if they were taught, I would have probably chose both those subjects along with business because I actually enjoy them. But it weren't, so I went for the next best yeah. subjects. Those are actually a really good three. Which was psychology. I, like I do agree with um, the first one. The funding needs to be changed yeah. because teachers are underpaid. I mean, it doesn't help with all that stress. And I think that along with that, with Finland, their schools work together. So instead of competing schools, yeah, they should point, work yeah. together, which just makes a lot more sense seems financially. In this country, everything. everything seems to be compared against everything else. Yeah. So it's not any of the uni league tables. There's school league tables going at other schools in the city yeah. like, i remember once in i think it was 2015 our school was the second worst if or i think it was the worst school in the yeah. city with the lowest pass rate wasn't it 34 percent yeah it was awful i think now but, it was 60 something percent yeah um i think the second point i'd make is that standardized testing needs to stop and yeah. we should more grade students on an individual level so if teachers were more trained, they would be able to grade their student based on their own capabilities, their practical capabilities, rather than just, are they able to memorize and regurgitate for a test? Are they able to remain calm under pressure for a test? <laughs> because that's a massive part. Because there were so many people who failed just because they had anxiety. That's a very good point, actually. I'd find myself in mock exams doing really well. So in A-level psychology, for example, I'd be getting constant A's and B's in the marks. And then on the days of the exam, I'd flop because I'd, I'd worry about it. And then I'd, I'd end up with one or two grades lower than I would have probably have gotten if I wouldn't have stressed yeah. out. So, like, in my mocks, I was getting A's and B's. And I, got, I finished with, like, kind of B's and C's. Yeah, it's insane. I've never understood why they put so much pressure on children. And I think the third one would probably have to be... Um... Oh my, I didn't even think about this. I mean, you can uh, say the same <laughs> point as me. Yeah, I think... I reckon... Well, if I were going along with your bullying point, Yeah. I think we really need to teach other students, if they see bullying, 
to not think it as this great thing because a lot of people a lot of psychologists agree that bullying is majorly because uh, they're looking for power and status within that um social group and so a lot of a lot of people that i saw getting bullied there was just a ring of people around them cheering it on and they were like we're fighting our school they weren't cheering for the people they were laughing at them and it was sick and every time i go (laughs) they call me a peacekeeper like it was some sort of insult and I'd just break up any fight or bullying that I saw. And we need to teach other children that we should learn to accept and help people. And I think uh, there was a news by, there was an article by CNN, which basically said that it wouldn't work in America because there are so many different people of different races. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me, right? If you teach children to be, I mean, children aren't naturally discriminative. The only reason that they're like that is because that's what they that, yeah. that's what they're taught. So if, you, if you see a baby, they wouldn't discriminate against any other race yeah. because they've not they don't really know. But obviously, yeah. if you ask them again when they're seven or eight, they might have some bias towards yeah. So bias we, towards their own if race. If we teach people to be accepting to others, that would reduce the amount of bullying. I mean, in Finland, there's pretty much none because every time something happens, every student goes up to the victim and just basically you know, cares for them. And they even care for the bully because there's something yeah. going on in that bully's home life. I think teachers should also... Would actually bring me to my third okay, point. Okay, I'll, I'll let you say it first. Psychological, psychological care should be given to every single student. I was about freely. to say that, actually. Yeah. We're both on the same wavelength. I, was I gonna, think we both yeah. saw it in each other's I was, was going to say that we should, teachers yeah. should be taught how to deal with students who have mental health and yes. help them with it rather than just ignore it or tell I them to deal with it. if we don't want to change um, the start date for schools... What we should do is we should teach them basic English and basic maths and psychological welfare. Yes. Those are the only things that we really should be teaching kids of a young, very young age. Because obviously... Because you yeah. don't retain anything else. And most of it's uh, being dumbed down so much is incorrect anyway. And we should really put an importance on mental health care. Because if you're not in the right frame of mind, how are you going to interact or learn? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Um, if you're not mentally there, then you're not going to be confident. And if you're not confident, then you're not going to yeah. be good at learning things and doing yeah. well on exams. It's like and a cycle. Like so many people worried about everything going on in their life and they don't know how to process them. If we teach them from a young age how to process their emotions, a lot of this stuff that's happening wouldn't happen. So, like, the same goes with, like, toxic masculinity that's been happening recently. Oh, yeah. People just need to know how to process their emotions. There's no... I mean, there's no, saying it's toxic masculinity is... Um, really bad for progression because it halts it. It's saying that this stuff is bad. It should never happen when we should really be understanding why it happens. What's your opinion of that whole, like, alpha male and, like, obviously it's I mean, not really the onto al- subjects, alpha and beta but... stuff was just made up by the scientists <laughs> to get some popularity. Because nowadays, they someone calls someone an alpha male based on mm. if it's something they like in a person. So some, some people were saying alpha male is someone who's strong, fearless. Yeah. Like deep voice. I, I reckon we should make another podcast yeah, about masculinity. Yeah, we could do that actually. Point, but, um, I mean, I think there's one thing we haven't actually talked about, and that's yeah. uniform. I mean, I can finish your point first. Oh no, I'll let you go off uniform because I okay, think I've done that. Okay, I'll just find a piece of paper. So this is your fourth point of voyage. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I did I actually did a lot of research, as you can probably tell yeah. this time. So um, some people say uniforms are good because it kind of shows you're part of an organisation that everyone's together. Yeah. Um, and it says here also if you wear a uniform with pride it means you are halfway there to be respectful buying into what the organisation is all about so what do you think about the concept of uniform do you think it's good I can understand it because it makes everybody look the same but then again it makes everybody look the same so we're not 
treated as an individual, treated as a crowd. That's I guess for those who don't have a lot of money to buy clothes, people tend to judge each other based on what they're wearing. That's true. Um, obviously, if we were to implement other bullying strategies, maybe that would just be cancelled out. Because if we were to teach yeah. people that bully the victim then you know it might help a little bit but it's a bit it's so could you argue topics. that if but like with uniform it kind of it could give a school a bad reputation for example so let's say you see someone in town wearing our school uniform and they're mm. doing something i don't know let's say they're just doing something like a crime uh, yeah I get it would kind of give that stereotype yeah. about the school whilst if there was in normal clothes you wouldn't kind of fix yeah. that person with the school you kind of see them I as mean, an individual yeah it also causes tribes because there was yeah, two, two schools near where we where i live and they see each other in different uniforms and they hate each other because they're in a different school <laughs> and it's like they will literally go around and beat each other up because they're just from a different school it's crazy and it's just because of the uniform but it's yeah. one of those things that is has pros and cons. So you can understand yes. why it's used. You can also understand why it may falter in certain places. But yeah, um, overall, yeah. I'll say it's a good thing purely because it makes you part of the same school. It makes everyone yeah. feel the same, which some could view as a bad thing because obviously being viewed yeah. as the same as someone else might... means you don't get singled out yeah. for what you're wearing or anything. But then like one that. of the points here against uniform is that it limits self-expression hmm. so some people might be interested in something and they might want to express that by the clothes they wear yeah. whilst with uniform it kind of stops that from happening yeah which some could argue is good because it means that they're more likely to focus on the work because they're wearing uniform and obviously if you go to work in the future like a job you're gonna have to wear probably yeah. some uniform unless it's some sort of blue collar job fair enough i do i do agree with that and i see your point i think like i said there are pros and cons to it and that pro kind of, uh, the pro of being that community and all that lot, uh, it does help. But that self-expression is very important for kids nowadays. Definitely. And I think... Um, teenagers might feel that if they can't express who they are, they might yeah. feel uncomfortable. And... Yeah, they're taught to hide away. And they it's more one of those things that kind of reinforces that bit of don't process your emotions. Yeah. Because you're not allowed to say them out loud unless you would get told off for them. And there's also the point here that says most kids hate wearing school uniforms. Yeah, I hated it. It was uncomfortable. Mm, top button, yeah. up, tie, yeah. done tight. It was a bit weird. Shout out to you. I believe that's all we have for today, isn't it? Pretty much. I'm just going to skim through everything here. Yeah, we touched on both those. Touched on that. Yeah, we touched on that. Yeah, I don't think we have any more recording time, to be honest. <laughs> oh, wait, um... There's one last thing I could say. Obviously, I think I'd know your perspective on this, but it's written down anyway, so I'm just going to say it. But yeah. Do you believe that the recent changes to the exam system have been overall a good or a bad thing? I think I know what you're going to say, but it's just a bad thing, here. I would yeah. say. I think that they're going in the wrong direction. They're putting even more stress on students and teachers, and it's just causing more problems than it is solving. Do you think tests are ne- necessary in to some degree so obviously for some let's say university degrees where it's 100% coursework no tests at all do you think there should be some element of examination I think there's there is there is room for examination some people learn better with examinations like I said everybody should be treated on an individual level because you you should have like optional between coursework or examinations with with exams you kind of forced to learn the material to where you understand it but with essays you can kind of just not understand it 
research it whilst you're doing the essay, write it down, and then just forget about it easily. Mm. So I feel like with you coursework, you're forced to understand it more. I do. Because <laughs> you have to know what you're talking about. You can't just regurgitate everything else. But I mean, like, with coursework, you can kind of just use... Do research online and use other people's points of view and just pretend they're your own and expand on those. Yeah, But with true. exams, it's kind of... Mm, you can't really do that. You have to yeah. make your own point of view. All right. Yeah, I do understand that. It's quite an interesting point. So, obviously, but... from... I know I keep talking about That's this, all right. but like business law, I keep saying that yeah. I was demotivated in a lecture purely because it was just had an essay. Yeah. And I, could, I, I thought I knew I could blag it anyway and still do well on but it. What grade did you get on that essay? 2-1. 2-1. So it was still a pretty high grade and like you don't really need the lectures to understand the subject. But if you mm. were to go to the lecture, I would have bet you would have gotten a first because it mm. improves your understanding with what is going on. I don't know about that, actually. I think I just naturally am bad at writing essays. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, to be honest. I think I'm naturally bad at writing. But, but so, yeah, like, the paragraphs don't flow. It sounds like um, I've written them on different days, which is true, yeah. actually, because I do write them <laughs> on different days. <laughs> I, I just like to write them from start to finish. I know a lot of people just write, like, an hour and then do nothing for the next day or two. And I'm just like, I usually just wake up early whack it all out in one day and so i wish i could do that wait two days and then read over it but some days i'll, I'll write something and i'm like this is good and then the next day i'll read it I'm like this yeah. is not good at all have like to be in space for it but yeah i think that's all we have time for today so yeah, thank you everybody for listening uh thank you brandon for coming on that was yeah. quite an interesting one this one probably and... came across a lot better yeah <laughs> most likely <laughs> and i'll uh, see you in the next episode cheerio uh, bye <laughs>